This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. What's up, guys? Mike Mitchelson here. Chase Crawshaw, across from me. Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, you're not? No. Right, are we on Skype call? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, welcome to the Bulls broadcast. Mike and Chase back at it again. And today, we've got quite a bit of news because I would say two major things happened over this past week, and I'm very excited to talk about it. But first, let's... Uh, Give our thoughts and prayers to the Shaq family as Leafs legend Eddie Shaq passed away. Guy was a tremendous player, over a thousand games, over fourteen hundred points in his career with in the NHL and four Stanley Cups. Um, he passed away this Sunday morning. So rest in peace to Eddie Shaq. Prayers to the Shaq family as uh, it's a tough time for for them and uh, the hockey world. Yeah, you know, Eddie Shack was a beauty. How many athletes or just people really for that matter have songs written after them? You know, Clear the Track, Here Comes Shaq, absolute beauty of a song. Make sure to check it out. Uh, we tweeted it out from the Bolts broadcast today, uh, right before we started recording. It, it's it, it's really an all-time classic song. It came, I think, released back in 66. The guy was just the guy was just a machine. He was the man. Yep, and before Marshawn was the nose... Eddie Shack was known as the nose. So rest in peace, Eddie Shack. Uh, prayers to the Shack family. This is a tough one. But now we move on to talk about some recent news that has happened over this past week. And I think the biggest one that we have to talk about right now is we learned the name, the logo, the branding, everything about the new Seattle team. And it's a bit early because we still got a year, year and a half. We got to finish these playoffs and we got a whole nother season before we see the Seattle team. But I absolutely love what they did here. Oh, I'm all for it. So I was a little against the name Kraken at first, mostly because my brother predicted this probably three years ago. So it's a little annoying. Like before they even announced like it's, that these is possibly for a name. Uh, so it's a little annoying for him just to be right about that. Just something for him to keep bragging about. But you know, it, it's it's a pr- it's a pretty solid name. I'm not. I don't have any complaints. Get it? Don't love it. Don't hate it. But. They knocked the logos out of the park. They knocked the colors out of the park. They knocked the jersey out of the park, if you ask me. It was all done perfectly. It's just, it it looks so beautiful. I 100% agree. And if Tyler keeps blabbing his mouth off, just tell him to shut the hell up because no one wants to hear him, right? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I absolutely love it. And I even saw someone got a tattoo of the primary and secondary logo together. That was sick. Oh, my gosh. That was so dirty. And I think, like, if that was their main logo – that would be like my all-time favorite logo, but the logos separately, primary and secondary, are, are both really cool too. And you mentioned, and I saw a lot of people mention on Twitter that the secondary logo, they got the space needle in the uh, little anchor that they got there. So that's really cool. I, I love the, the colors. So originally when we got the, I guess, trailer for the announcement that was going to be happening the following day, uh, I saw a lot of... 
um, kind of teal and orange with the uh, sailors that were on the ship. So I thought those were going to be the colors. I thought we were going to see uh, kind of like how the Islanders had their old logo. I thought we were going to see colors like that. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. However, I still love the, the dark navy blue and the icy blue. It's, uh, it's a really good look, and I'm really excited to actually see the alternate jerseys because I think they could do a lot of good with those. Yeah, ho- hopefully they come out with one soon. Like, you know, Vegas still doesn't have one, but ho- hopefully they, they they probably won't have one first year in the league, but hopefully quick they do because they could do something pretty cool. But I know last night on, uh, you know, did the After Hours show, Hockey Troll was very unhappy. That's the crack, and he... Is all, it was all for the totems. He changed his name to Hockey Totem in the Zoom call. So he is very unhappy about this one. But I just got to say, if all the names are registered, Totem was totems were like by far my least favorite. I thought it was horrible. Thank God it's not them. Oh, yeah. Totems is absolutely terrible. What is Hockey Troll thinking? But, yeah, yeah you mentioned the After Hours show. You were on that last night, and I heard you had a couple beers. Oh, yeah, I had a few, going to be honest. Uh, I don't think anyone drank as much as... Tom Franklin over there, but uh, no, that, 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 was, that was a hell of a time. If if you guys have not ever heard of the After Hours show or tuned in, uh, it's just something we do every other Saturday. Just kind of get together, sh- um, just talk a bunch of crap, drink, just share stories, do whatever you got to do. Uh, you know, it's a fun time. We stream it live on Facebook and on Patreon. You can always watch it back too. Uh, just make sure to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I look forward to eventually getting on the After Hours show. However, last night I was pounding some tequila uh, at a cousin's grad party. So I wasn't able to make it, but hey, I was still having my fun. So For sure. Uh, It's all that matters. Chase, before we move into the next news, I just want to talk about the Seattle Kraken real quick. I know we are going to be talking about this in a year from now, but your thoughts on if the Seattle Kraken can be competitive like the Vegas Golden Knights were in their first year. From what I understand... They're doing the same exact format for the expansion draft. So are we going to see the same mistakes made by some teams, or are we going to see a Seattle Kraken team that really sits at the bottom of the standings for the first couple of years? See, I uh, we, we talked about this last night. At, at first I said, no, there's there, there's like there's no chance. Like, they're not going to be as good as Vegas year one. It's, it's not possible because teams are learning from the mistakes. They're not going to make the same type of trades. Minnesota's not going to give up a prospect just to protect another player and that guy that being another Alex Tuck type player, you know. Like, teams aren't going to be doing that anymore because they kind of learn their mistake. But at the same time, with the salary cap not going up because of COVID, there's going to be some cap-desperate teams. I can't remember who mentioned this last night, but it was a great point. I apologize. Um, but there's going to be some cap-desperate teams that need to offload a contract or two. And so there's still going to be some good players that are going to be taken. The team... Should be able to compete, but I still think they're more likely to be bottom of the league than in the playoffs. Okay, and I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of trading at next season's trade deadline because obviously yeah. they don't want any players to get basically stolen by the Seattle Kraken. Uh, however, I do think that the Seattle Kraken are going to have one hell of a goalie core because if you think about right now the Penguins, they got Murray and Jari. You think about the Coyotes, they got Kemper and Ranta. You think about the Vancouver Canucks with Markstrom and Demko. There's a lot of teams out there that have a couple goalies that could really be starters for any team out there. So um, I think the Seattle Kraken are going to be pretty well off when it comes to the goaltender category, but really the rest is kind of up in the air. So Yeah, and you got to think, how many breakout superstars that are going to be like there was for Vegas? Like like the Riley Smiths and the William Carlson's of the world, like – who the hell is going to imagine that could happen with those two players? Like it, 
it, it was insane. You can't reasonably expect that to happen with Seattle. If it does, great. I think it's better for the league if they do good from the start. But you, you really can't expect that. Well, one name that we are hoping that happens with is Michael Del Cole oh, God, with yes. the Islanders oh, right God. now. Man, he was drafted high. We had high hopes for him. It hasn't really panned out. But, hey, a change, in, change of scenery, maybe he can go over to Seattle and light it up like Wild Bill did. I'd be so, I'd be so happy. I, I want, if Michael Del Cole can get taken by Seattle, go score 40 goals. I might cry tears of joy. It would be amazing. And, you know, a name out there that we know about, but no one else really does, Blake Clark, he used to play oh for God. the Saginaw Spirit in the uh, the O. Well, Chase and I had really high hopes for him. Back in NHL 13 or NHL 14, he had like four-and-a-half-star potential. So he was a superstar, but he hasn't played hockey since the Saginaw Spirit days. So we're hoping, you know, hey, maybe there's a return for him. <laughs> At least I am. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think that'll be happening. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that, that, that's like wishing for Ryan Pilon to come out of retirement after being drafted, and you know, he gets drafted two months later. Ah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a quit hockey. Like, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd be so rattled. So yeah, maybe you know what? Maybe all these just washed up, you know, retired players or just absolute busts all go to here. And every single one breaks out, and the team just goes eighty-two and zero. I mean, I'd be cool with that. That'd be that, fine. That would be pretty sweet. When did Pelon get drafted? Second round? Wasn't that uh, like second or third? No, round? No, 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 no. It, it was later. I think I think oh. he ended up being a fifth rounder. Um, he was projected to go higher. Yeah, but, I I thought um, he got drafted somewhat high, and so I was shocked because if you're gonna get drafted by, regardless of where you go, if you're drafted by an NHL team, why are you retiring? Yeah, you know? no, yeah, it, 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 he will. Yeah, he was a fifth round pick. Um, like he, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he played on the CHL Tower Prospects game. He was supposed to be a higher pick. I kind of had it down the second half of his draft year, and I was just like, eh, I'm good, and just stopped. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's tough for him, but hey, maybe we see a resurgence of players that have retired. Let's go. That would be really cool. Or we see resurgence of Peter Mueller with his yes. ridiculous hair. Yes. That's what I want. Love Peter Mueller. All right. The second piece of big news that we have heard is John Chica. It seems like he is no longer a part of the Arizona Coyotes. He cleaned out his office, and there's been no official announcement that him and the team have separated, but there is a lot of talk that Chica and Arizona, it's over with them. Yeah, so a couple, like, or about a week and a half, two weeks ago, when you saw the news of the Taylor Hall extension that the CEO was negotiating instead of Chaika, you're like, oh boy, something's going to happen here. It looked like Chaika was going to get the can, if anything. You know, he's he's done an okay job in Arizona. He's made some solid trades. He's made some bad moves, you know, as, as any GM will do. But, you know, he, he hasn't lived up to the crazy expectations that are expected out of such a young guy getting a job like that. Uh, but it, apparently the news is that this move is going on Chaika's a decision it's his decision he wants to make the move and it's not a lateral move it's not to become another gm it might be to a different sport it might be out of hockey he might be going back to staff elites a company that he created before he got the gm job you know who the hell knows it it's a really weird situation i, I don't even know what to expect yeah for sure and the first thing i thought when i saw that it wasn't a lateral move i was thinking is this guy going to a different team for a downgrade in position a downgrade in pay uh Obviously, we don't know that, but That'd be a nightmare. Th- that's the first thing I thought of. And if that is the case, how bad does that look on the Coyotes? Yeah. If he's willing to take a demotion to go somewhere else? Yeah, well, that was like when, when the Canes were trying to find their GM a couple years ago, and all those assistant GMs around the league kept taking their name out of the running because they're like, I'm making the same money, if not more. So, you know, it, it, it looked really horrible on the Canes. And if something like that were to happen, that is really bad. Yeah, absolutely. And... Let's talk about John Chica and really 
how he performed in the GM role. So he came in in 2016, the offseason of 2016. He had a couple of good moves, a couple of moves that didn't really work out that well for him. Uh, what are your thoughts overall with his performance? Let me quickly go over some of these moves that he's had. So uh, one of the big ones, obviously, Max Domi for Alex Galchenyuk. That didn't really work. However, uh, he did have the urgency to flip Galchenyuk out of that situation, bring back Kessel, also sent over a high draft pick and POJ. Um, so that's an interesting trade. Another one, one of the biggest ones for Chaika and one of the earliest ones for Chaika, Derek Stepan and Anti Ranta come to Arizona while giving up Tony D'Angelo and a first-round pick. That first-round pick became Lias Anderson. It was the number seven overall pick. Yeah. So uh, another one that's interesting, uh, also brought in Jalmerson, got rid of Connor Murphy and Lauren Dolphin. I think that one worked out somewhat well. And then finally, uh, we talk about the Dylan Strom and Brennan Perlini for Schmaltz. But, yeah, so I'm a big Dylan Strom guy, so that one I think is horrible. Like, Nick Schmaltz is, is a good player, but I think Dylan Strom still has the potential and the ability to be an elite scorer in the league. Uh, he's just a slower guy, and that kind of hinders him. So I, I think he can still do it. So I, that's, that's not a trade I'm a fan of. And also another trade that I'm pretty sure he made, too, was the um, the trade to get Datsuk's contract and move up to 16, move down to 20. Yep. So instead of getting Dennis Chalowski, they get Jacob Chikrun. That's a very big difference in players right there. So that was one of his like first moves. That, that was a tremendous move. But other than that, you know, shipping out Domi was rough, but Domi didn't really seem like he wanted to be there. Uh, kind of was coming off of a down year at that point. Galchenyuk failed there. Uh, you know, they, they got him out and got Kessel in, who, like, Kessel's a great player. I expected a little more from him yeah, going to Arizona. Really so, out. Um, so, like, that, that's, that's rough for them. And that's the so, same with Taylor Hall, too. The same oh, thing yeah. with Phil Kessel. I mean, they gave up a lot for Taylor Hall. And Phil Kessel, Taylor Hall, both coming in, they're both tremendous players. But really, with this team, it seemed like they haven't really done what they are expected of. And is that on the players? Is that on the organization? Or is that on the coach, Rick Tockett? So. See, I, I, just, I don't even know, though, because this whole franchise, like being in Arizona, they have one conference finals appearance, and that's the first that they've ever gone. It's just It's a franchise that just hasn't worked. The players... You know, they've had good players, but they just didn't always live up to expectations. You know, they quite often flopped. I don't like. I don't know if it's an ownership thing. I don't know if it's a market thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just it just hasn't worked out for whatever reason. Uh, I, you know, I hope it does. I, I want these small market teams to succeed. You know, our Tampa Lightning, they're in a southern market. Those type of markets don't always do the best. So I want all these smaller southern markets to do as well as they can. So it sucks that they're doing what they're doing. But I don't really... I don't blame it on Chaika. I think he still could have done a better job, but you could say that really about any GM in the league um, or any position, really. I, I think he did solid for what he was given, you know, being such a young guy with such a little experience going into it. But I, I don't know. It's just a GM, a, a pretty safe rule is if, you're 30, if you hit 30% on your moves, then you're doing a good job, and he's probably around there. Yeah, so the trades really could go either way, in my opinion. The one thing that I look at, with Chaika is the draft picks. That's one thing I wasn't a huge fan of him. So Clayton Keller and Jacob Chikrin in his first year, that's tremendous. Fantastic. You hit that out of the park. But then the following years, you take POJ in the first round. Solid, Pierre but... Oliver Joseph hasn't even made the NHL yet, yeah. but he does look like he's going to get there. Yeah, he's got, he's got the ability to. So we'll see what happens there. The next draft, 2018, he drafts Barrett Hayden, fifth overall. I At the time, I was like, what? 
the, the hell are you doing? You could, tra- you could trade down to the 15th pick and gone Barrett Hayden because Barrett Hayden is a good player. You know, I watched him in the OHL. He, he's a good player. He's not a great player. He is someone who was very good for the OHL going like after his draft season. He, he had a very nice year, but he's not going to be that top center on your team. He might not even be your number two center on your team, really. In my At least in my opinion, like, he doesn't have a high offensive upside, you know, but he plays solid defensively, plays a good all-around game. He'll be a pro. But he just—he's not a fifth overall pick. There's yeah, no chance. we also saw a lot of good names go after him. Yes. So uh, that's a really tough situation. Not an NHLer right now. And then recently he took Victor Soderstrom 11th overall, but he traded up from 14 to 11. Also gave up a second. And the Philadelphia Flyers capitalized with Cam Fowler and not Cam Fowler. Cam York. Cam York and. Igor Afanasyev. So and that guy is literally a man amongst boys in the OHL. I I think he's got all the potential to be an elite power forward in the NHL. And Cam York, he showed pretty well on a kind of rough Michigan team this year. Victor Soderstrom, he he looked pretty good too. He he's someone who could be in the NHL next year. I don't know if yeah the upgrade was worth also giving up you know Afanasyev right there. Yeah. So. Uh, Interesting for Chika's career. Only 31. He's still got a lot of time, whether he stays in the hockey world or, or moves to a different sport or, like you said, goes back to athletes. He's got plenty of time. He's still really just a kid when it comes to the business world. Yeah, so, it's insane. Uh, really cool there. But, Chase, how do you think that affects the, I guess, outlook for young people and also analytic people when it comes to getting jobs in the hockey offices, the hockey front offices. Well, and I thought he was getting the can. I thought it made it look horrible. Uh, you know, it's just a bad look in analytics, bad look on young people. Hockey's always been such an old boys club. They want, you know, just these ex players. If you didn't play, you know, 500 games in the NHL, we don't want you working for our team. You know, that, a lot, a lot of shit like that happened a lot. And it, it's, it's frustrating when you're trying to get into that industry but now that he's he's not getting fired, from what it sounds like, it sounds like it's more of a, his own decision thing, which changes it a little bit. But if if he goes to – if he's just like completely out of professional sports and he goes back to staff athletes or does something else, then it's kind of like, well, this young guy, you can't really trust these young kids because they're just moving out of these positions so quickly. Whereas the older guys, you know, they're like David Poyles had been a GM, Lou Amarillo has been a GM for trillions of years in the NHL, it feels like where this, this young guy just decides to leave on his own. It, it's it's not an ideal look for young people trying to get into the game, but I'm hoping it doesn't hurt the image too bad. Yeah, absolutely. When we talked about it uh, a couple days ago and we thought it was a firing, I thought it affected analytics more, but now that we know it's it's really Chica just wanting out and leaving, I think it does affect the, the younger kids more when it comes to getting those front office positions. That's tough because – Teams and organizations, they like loyalty and they like commitment. So if they're seeing that 31-year-old kid, John Chaika, he doesn't have that commitment. He doesn't have that loyalty. And he's really going to go leave and do something else if he doesn't like where he's at in the current situation. That looks bad amongst other young people like us. So I agree. I think that it does affect young people more than analytics. Although when I thought he was getting fired, I thought it affected analytics a little more um then again i'm not an analytics guy so if i can get analytics out of my sports i'm cool with that i mean i i, I think there's a place for it uh i i'm not a big analytics guy i'm trying to learn more about it i'm, try, I'm trying to you kind of have to with the way it's going right so i still think there's a place for it but you know i am 
I still am a big believer in the eye test compared to deep analytics. Analytics, they'll, they'll paint the bigger picture, but like, if you know what you're looking at and you know what you're talking about, you know who can be a player and who cannot be a player. Or, or you, like, you, know, you know what's going to work, what's not going to work. You, you just you know it. Absolutely. All right, Chase, now moving on. Uh, I just talked about the Seattle Kraken and how their goaltending room will look phenomenal, whoever they get. Well, another goaltending room that is great right now that could get torn to shreds by the Seattle Kraken is Washington's with Samsonov and Holtby. However, Samsonov will not be playing in the playoffs this year for the Washington Capitals. And this is a rough blow because even though Holtby, when you look at the games played was the start of this year, he was having a rough year. You know, he was above a th- three goals against, below 900 save. Meanwhile, Ilya Samsonov kind of came in and was really taking the show, taking the reins. It looked like he was going to be the guy for the playoffs. But now he's hurt, so if Holtby comes in, plays well, you know he's on an expiring contract. You're gonna have to resign a guy like that, and that's gonna cause them to have to shift around some contracts because they're kind of in a cap crunch, especially without the cap growing. So if if Washington goes on a little run or somehow wins a cup again, it's because of Braden Holtby, and you gotta keep him at that point. So they could have one of the better goalie rooms to choose from as well, or you know Holtby could just be told see you later, and then he becomes a free agent after having an abysmal year. But either way. This ends up being very negative for the Washington Capitals regardless. There's The only positive, in my opinion, is if they win the Cup. But at the same time, that positive comes a negative of having to figure out that contract situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that Ovi is one of those players where he'll constantly stay in shape, but he is one of those streaky-type players. We saw it earlier this year. Oh, yeah. He had a ton of goals within, like, two weeks, but then couldn't get that, what was it, like 40th? I don't know. He, he had a... A, an achievement mark goal that he was aiming for, and he couldn't get that for, like, two weeks. So yeah. he, he's a very streaky player, and right now that's not what you want when you're going into these plans, these playoffs off of the COVID delay. So if Holpe isn't stepping up, if Holpe doesn't play to his level a couple years ago and he's playing like he was this uh, regular season, it could definitely be tough for the Washington Capitals. Oh, yeah, for sure. But moving on to our Tampa Bay Lightning, Steven Stamkos. He's back on the ice. He's skating. Will he be back in time for the playoffs? It's looking like a maybe. You know, looking like a maybe. I'm sure that's news everyone wants to hear. Uh, there, there's optimism that he can return post the round robin games. He will not play in the exhibition games. He will not play in the round robin games. But maybe for round one of the actual playoffs, he'll be good to go. Uh, he, he's been skating more frequently. He's been held out of some practices too. Uh, you know, today he was just skating with, with the Black Aces for the team. Uh, so it, it's optimistic that he's getting on the ice and he's getting on the ice with teammates. But we, we want to see him, you know, in full swing with, you know, playing on that top power play right where we need him for the playoffs. So hopefully come time for that first round of playoffs, he's good to go. Yeah, absolutely. And back in March, we talked about the injury and we're like, let's just hope he's back by round one. It's a good thing we got this little COVID break yeah. because he most definitely would not have been back. So, nope. uh Hopefully, we see our captain on the ice. Uh, if not, I'm sure the boys will play their hearts out for him. But next up, Marshawn, your favorite, the rat. Yeah, everyone's favorite. <laughs> Everyone loves Marshawn. Uh, he is not expecting the best hockey when it when it comes back. When, it, when it's back on air, and really one day from now, if you're listening, exhibition game starts, and then... A couple more days after that, five five days after that, uh, we like get three these days. three days. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, we're we're getting it back very soon. So Marshawn yeah. does not expect it to be very good. 
yeah, his exact words is he expects sloppy hockey, and I, I, I agree, at least for the exhibition and play-in rounds, it's probably going to be pretty sloppy, and for the round-robin too, but come playoffs, you know, there's a little, obviously, like, like you realize what there is to play for, so there's going to be a little more uh, heart, like, playoff hockey is played a lot more with heart than anything, you know, there's still structure, but it's about, oh my god, we have this chance to win the Stanley Cup, let's go do what we can do. So I think by the time that comes around, you know, everyone will be hopefully around their game shape, ready to go, and the adrenaline will be bumping too high for it still not to be great hockey. Yeah, I I would agree that the first little bit, the exhibition games, the round robin, the play-ins, and even the first round are going to be pretty sloppy hockey. However, I think once you get in a little groove, it's going to be better. However, I honestly don't think we'll see peak performance hockey like we do in later on in the regular season and like we do usually in the playoffs. And I don't say that because I don't think players can get their feet under them. I say that because they have to try to get to that level while they're also playing one game every other day, maybe even back-to-back days. Yeah. So it's a it's a very quick schedule. They got to play a lot in only a little bit of time, as well as trying to get back into that groove while being exhausted. So I, I don't think we'll see peak performance hockey. I sure hope we do. I really hope that once we get into the later rounds of the playoffs, like uh, the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals, maybe we see some sweeps where teams that are moving on get a little bit of a break um, and they can still practice and stuff, but they don't go through all that fatigue of playing games. Um, but I, I really don't think that we're going to have peak hockey this uh, this playoffs. I I hope we do, but it's, it's definitely going to be uh... – you know, it, it, it's going to be iffy. I'm, I'm just hoping that at the end of the day, this Stanley Cup isn't just a complete nightmare. You know, I'm pretty wary on it, but we we, we can't, like, have negative thoughts going on. We've we got to remain as optimistic, optimistic excuse me, as possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, real quick, we're going to a commercial break to check out our friends, the Fourth Line Voice, on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, take a quick little preview of what they got going on over there. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colton Orr. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice Podcast wherever you find your podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin, and everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing, and blah, oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun, and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. You know, he would uh, have to be at the bar, and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would, like, give a double take, and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada, you know, I, it's not bad, you know. This- Enforcer-based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from. All right, we are back. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that quick little preview of Fourth Line Voice. Make sure to go check them out on the Hockey Podcast Network. Chase, our last little thing we're going to do before we get into the poll and hockey name of the day is predictions for the playing round. We did this a while back before we took our month and a half break. 
Uh, so we did round robin last week. We want to look at just the plans. We're not going to go through the whole playoffs or anything like that. Um, so playing round, going to do predictions, five games, obviously. We'll see if it matches what we had in our last predictions that we're doing. Um, so let's just start her off right now. So let's start with the West. First, we got Edmonton versus Chicago. I know last time I did Chicago, last time you did Edmonton. What are your thoughts now? Yeah, I'm still going Edmonton. This goalie situation in Chicago is horrible because Crawford sucks. Malcolm Subban is not it either. Edmonton has Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. That's really all you need when you're playing a team that's that weak in net. And, you know, Chicago, they, they still got Patty Kane, Jonathan Taves, Alex Dabrinka. You know, they've got Dylan Strom. They've got a lot of talent, but it's just it's not the right nucleus for me. And neither really is Edmonton, but I think it's more of a better fit than the Blackhawks. So I, I still got the Oilers. Probably in four, five games. I don't know if there's going to be any sweeps this first, you know, thing. Yeah, it's going to be tough to see a sweep, but I got one on on the board coming All up. Right. Uh, so I go Chicago here. I keep it. I keep it the same. I know Chicago goaltending is definitely an issue, and their defense really isn't phenomenal either. Because you got guys like Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith who and Brent are, Seabrook's not playing either. Exactly. So, but you have them yeah. who were just absolute studs when they were making their their Stanley Cup pushes. Now Brent Seabrook isn't playing, and Duncan Keith, is he really at the top yeah, of his game? Oh, yeah, he's at the end of his career. He's so, still solid, but he's at the end of his career. So uh, it's a little tough for me to, to pick Chicago, but I just think that Patrick Kane is going to go off. I honestly think Patrick Kane is going to be the best player on the ice in this series. You got McDavid and Drysaddle on the other side. I think Patrick Kane shows them, hey, this whole guy still got it, even though he's, what, 30? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what that's what I got going. And if you guys do want to vote on some of these series, State of Hoppy has a little poll going on. I voted in all of them. I even uh, replied to one of them about, uh, of course, Patrick Kane lighting up the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so if you, want to, if you guys want to go over there and vote in his polls, uh, that'd be really cool. I'm sure he would absolutely love that. That's at State of Hoppy on Twitter. So make sure to go check those out. All right, next we have the Nashville Predators versus the Arizona Coyotes. Your thoughts on this one? I lean towards Nashville on this, uh, just because I, I like their whole build of the roster better. But really, I wouldn't be surprised either if Arizona comes out with this. Uh, their goaltending situation, like they, they're both healthy, should be good to go. They've got some talent. Really, they got like a lot of talent on the front end, but it just, you know, they, they struggled at points this year, especially after the Taylor Hall trade. The team really took quite the turn for whatever reason. Uh, I know injuries have a lot to play at that, but it. I'm still going to lean Nashville five games. I think this is going to be a close series, one of the closer ones in this first, uh, you know, like playing round. But I would not be surprised if Arizona came out with this. This one's tough for me because there's a lot of dysfunction happening right now. Like we talked earlier in this episode, John Chica moving out of the office. Who knows what's happening? Uh, uh, some def- dysfunction for sure. Taylor Hall, is he coming back? It doesn't seem like it, at least in our opinions. Um. So I'm gonna go Preds three zero. Oh, alrighty then. <laughs> I I I think the Coyotes and the Preds are both teams that won't really start super hot. I I hope that all teams start super hot so we can see the best hockey. Yeah. But I I feel like both could start off somewhat slower than other teams. But awesome. uh, I don't know. I I think the Preds got it. I think Pekka Rin 
Becca Renee is going to be a stone wall and just absolutely shut down a lacking Phil Kessel and a lacking uh, Taylor Hall. That's fair. Next up, Vancouver Canucks, Minnesota Wild. Your thoughts? Oh, boy. What a snooze fest. Uh, I like the roster of Vancouver a little bit more than Minnesota's. Uh, I, I think it, it'll be another close matchup. You know, if, if Minnesota comes and performs up to their peak ability, then they've got a chance, really, to beat Vancouver. Because Vancouver's still not the best roster build either. They did a little better than expected. You know, our former Tampa Bay Lightning forward, JT Miller, had quite the season over there. Uh, but, you know, there are also some rockbuster trade rumors coming to Vancouver. Has that caused a little bit of distraction on the ice? Who knows? Uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to Vancouver in five. Yeah, no Kirill Kaprizov means no cigar for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, Vancouver fair. Canucks take this one in four, in my opinion. That's fair. Calgary Flames, Winnipeg Jets. This is a this is a good one. I like this one. Yeah, Who you got? This is a good one. Uh, I you know I said it last time. I think the the goalie to really carry this this team through, or at least one of the two goalies to carry this team through this first playing round, will be Connor Hellebuck. I think he's just he's a different type of breed when it comes to goalie. I, I, people understand how good he is, but at the same time, I think he is underrated. Like his true talent, people don't realize how good he is. I think he's going to do enough to uh, stonewall that Calgary Flames team and probably come out with a four-game victory for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. I would agree with you there, Winnipeg and four. And I honestly think outside of the defensive core, Winnipeg is just better everywhere. Yeah, I, I like their forwards a lot better. Even though Calgary's got great forwards like Johnny Gaudreau, like Sean Monaghan, like Matthew Kachuk, I think Winnipeg just has more. So I, I'm a big fan of the Winnipeg Jets, and I could see them as a sneaky Stanley Cup contender. So uh, Yeah, I agree. We'll see if that happens. But uh, next, we go to the East. First matchup, Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Montreal Canadiens. You know, there's a chance Crosby doesn't play here. Uh, you know, it's it's likely that he does play, but there is a chance, you know, he's been held out from practice. Um, but, you know what, I, I said Montreal back then, I might as well just stick with it for the hell of it. Uh, Carey Price, he still is probably one of the most, not the most talented goalies in the league, and even though he's had some rough stretches, he's played on some horrible Montreal teams, and he's been playing a lot of hockey, but he's gotten that break, he'll be good to go, he'll be fresh, and when he's playing fresh, and when he's playing on top of his game, he's unbeatable. So he's going to be the other goalie, like Connor Hellebuck, to really carry his team through that first playing round. So what you're saying is you're willing to give Alexi Lafreniere to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is what Chase just said. He is saying, no. I want Lafreniere to go to the Penguins. That is what Chase is saying right now. No, he's going to the Yotes. No, he's not. He definitely is. If he goes to the Yotes, he's cleaning out his office and leaving, just like Chica. <laughs> uh, no, this one's going to be the Penguins in four because uh, – they're just better. Montreal and four. It's just like, uh, and four. <laughs> Jeez. What is this? What's in that Pepsi bottle? Uh, Coca-Cola. Did you put a little white dust in there? Did you put a little drugs in there? Because oh, you're right. obviously high, right. buddy. Excuse me, doing cocaine before the show. All right. I didn't say cocaine. Just because it's white dust doesn't mean it's cocaine. All right. All right. Well, 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 let's get the show on the road. Jesus. <laughs> You're obviously high if you're thinking the Canadians are taking that in four. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. This is probably the matchup I'm most excited for. I think it's going to be the closest. Uh, your thoughts on who takes this one? Oh, it's for sure the one I'm most excited for. Uh, I, I This could go either way, really. I would have no problem either team winning. If Tampa's not going to win the Cup, I want one of these two teams to win the Cup. So I, 
I'm probably gonna slightly lean the Rangers on this one. Yeah, you know, Panarin's have been a jad. D'Angelo Fox having all these breakout years. Still got Lundqvist in that. If he doesn't work, then you got Shesterkin or you got Gordiev. Uh, I I just think that they've got all the right tools to be that surprise Stanley Cup winning team, kind of like the LA Kings were back when they were the eight seed. I think the New York Rangers are built pretty similarly. Yeah, I like the Rangers a lot, and it's really hard to deny that trio of goalies. Uh, I also went the Rangers the last prediction, but I'm changing it up this time. Skull! Skull! Or the Minnesota Vikings? No, or, they, or the Icelandic soccer team? They do skull before the storm surge. Have you not watched the game? Yes, I have, but guess what? They stole it from two other teams. Who cares? I care. The Carolina Hurricanes are taking this series. There's a bunch of jerks. Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov, they are going to put the team on their back and steal it in three games. A sweep. No. A sweep. That's not happening. That's just happening. not happening. Even though I just said it's going to be the closest series. <laughs> uh, let's go Hurricanes. Uh, all right, Islanders, Florida Panthers, Probably the most boring series in my mind when it comes to the Eastern Conference. Yep. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. I, I'm I'm gonna go Florida at the end of the day. I think it'll be probably five games, low scoring, but Florida has got enough offensive power to really kind of take control of it at the end of the day. Where the Islanders play a structured defensive game, which is very un-Eastern type of game. But at the end of the day, Florida is just they're they're just gonna outman them. Yeah, I. Really hope Florida takes it. I want Florida to win. I just want Florida to actually get some recognition so that when we just bully them all the time, then we'll There's more get, credibility. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm going Florida as well. Finally, Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus Blue Jackets upset some team last year. I don't I don't really remember yeah. that, but we don't need to look it up right now. Right? Yeah, no, it's we fine. don't need to know what team. Oh, but, oh, yeah, that's they, fine. They, okay, so, yeah, Toronto, Columbus, who are we thinking? If Toronto like, gets eliminated in this, that's just flat-out embarrassing because, first of all, they should not even be an eight-seed team as is. That roster needs to be a top half in the conference like in terms of playoffs. It's pretty sad that they're not. They're just constantly a monumental disappointer. So I don't see it being impossible losing to Columbus, even though Columbus is just not better in any single way. But I I, I have to give it to Toronto and, and probably in probably four games. I, I'm – I'm just I'm not for any sweeps, but Toronto they just have everything better than Columbus. But so did that team that I can't remember last year. Yeah, we don't need it. it it's definitely the Leafs here because I I think the Columbus Blue Jackets are the least talented team on paper in this whole playing round. Yep. And if any team deserves to get that first overall pick and get Alexi Lafreniere, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets in my mind. In your mind, it's the Penguins because you admitted that earlier. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I agree. Toronto Maple Leafs over the Columbus Blue Jackets in our final playing series. Have to wait and see who's right. Uh, obviously me. But yeah, yeah, you're always now right. Now we move on to Douche. our poll results. So the question was, of course, does this COVID break benefit or hurt the Tampa Bay Lightning's chances? Yep. Yeah, uh, the majority of fans lean beneficial compared to harmful. Uh, 53.8% said beneficial, while 462 said harmful. I agree. I think that, uh, especially if Stamkos is ready to play, then how does it not help the team? Because like that's just your, your, you know, your best player back on the ice, your captain back on the ice. So this team fully healthy is better than every roster in the league. It just flat out is. They have, there's no holes in, in their game. 
But, you know, they've, they've had some injury concerns. They've had some inconsistent play. But fully healthy, everybody starting on the same foot, no hockey have been played in the last few months. The, there should be no reason they lose. It's beneficial in the fact that we're actually going to possibly see Stamkos, where if we didn't have this break, no way we're going to see Stamkos on the ice. So beneficial in that way, but also beneficial in my eyes, I think the best teams are going to win. There's no momentum behind anyone. Everyone's getting basically the same time to prepare. I think just whoever has the most skilled players is going to take the series. So I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are easily one of the biggest favorites in this league. Uh, I think they're favorited over Boston. I agree. And I think think Boston and Tampa could have gone head-to-head if there wasn't this break. But because there is this break, I give it to pure skill, and the pure skill, obviously, uh, is on our side. So I think that Boston, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Edmonton maybe? No, not really. Edmonton's trash. Uh, But, you know, those teams that are just tremendously skilled – I think it benefits all of them. Yeah. For teams like uh, Columbus, where they came in hot because Tortorella and their young goaltenders were performing tremendously, I think it really hurts them. So, Agreed. Um, that's that's our thoughts on it. Chase, new poll. What are we thinking? Yeah, so for this week's poll, uh, just simple. How many wins do you expect from the Tampa Bay Lightning during the round-robin play? Uh, there's going to be four total games, right? Yep. Right, so No, three. Three. We got... The Caps, the Flyers, and the Bruins. Yeah, uh, three. But I, I thought we played. Oh no, it's the exhibition game plus yeah, three. We yeah, got yeah, exhibition yeah, yeah, games. yeah, yeah. Sorry, the, b- bad math in my head. So it, it'll be options three, two, one, zero in the poll. You can click it. You can explain why. If you can say who they're going to beat, who they're going to lose, what, lose to, whatever, whatever you think. Um, yeah. So just you know, e- easy peasy lemon squeezy type of poll this week. Yeah, I really want to know who you guys think we're going to beat and who we may lose to because. Like we talked about last week, it's kind of a bad schedule for our round-robin games because we get Boston and Washington as our first two teams, really the teams I don't think we would want to play. I, I think we'd want to go against the Flyers first, yeah. get our, our feet under us while we're versing the lesser of the three teams. But we get the Flyers last, so I really do want to know who you guys think we fall to, who you guys think we prevail over. So let us know by voting as well as commenting. But finally, before we outro this bad boy, we of course have Hockey Name of the Day, the best segment in all of podcasting history. Chase, you told me that we got a name today, and that really has me trembling. Yeah, we do have a name today. You'll be able to, I think you'll be able to get it. It's just a name. What? What is that? (laughs) That's that's a name. So we have Fred. Come on. Sasakamoose? What? Fred Sasaskamoose. Sasaskamoose. Hell yeah. So our boy Fred was actually the first, um, I, I don't know the exact terminology, but like one of the first like indigenous uh, Canadians. To play. Like I think he was the first to play in the NHL. Uh, he played for the 11 games for the Chicago Blackhawks back in 1953-1954 season. Uh, that's all that's on his NHL resume. Uh, re- most recently, he played in 1960-1961 with the North Battleford Beavers of the SIHA. What is that? I don't know. So, uh, you know, he- he's a beauty. He got a beauty of a name. Uh, he's got a little bit of history to him. You know, it- it's fun finding guys like this when I'm doing my research for the for this segment. I I like doing current players because you can talk about you know where their stats are right now, where they're going next year. But it's fun looking back on these old names because. Especially like olden names, you find some really interesting things. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome that you were able to find a pioneer 
when it came to helping indigenous people get into our amazing game. Absolutely. All right, Chase, that is it for the episode, so we might as well outro this bad boy. Yeah, I guess we might as well. Uh, so might as well thank everyone for listening. As always, if you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Start as low as a dollar just to break that entry fee wall, uh, and then you can go up from there, different prizes, different price points. Uh, some of the prices may be changing coming up soon, uh, so just be on the lookout for that. Follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, as at Bolts Broadcast. Uh, make sure to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Both us and the Hockey Podcast Network's Twitter pages will be doing some, you know, some giveaways. You know, Mike and I are, are talking about some possibilities of what we're going to be doing here in the coming weeks. Try to really get fan interaction going up. Um, so we're also be on the lookout for maybe a merchandise store coming soon. Uh, you oh, Bulls fans, oh. just, you know, just maybe, just maybe, uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, just, but make sure to check out the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts within the network. Boom, just click the logo. It takes you right to the SoundCloud link, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, wherever you're listening, rate us five stars, leave a comment, send us your questions, concerns, you know, tweet at us, DM us, email us. Uh, just We, we want to hear from you guys. Just be interactive, and please keep on listening. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you later.